Story number one. The right demon for the job. Written by Slightly Rasolik. I fall to the stone floor in an ungraceful heap. One moment I'm dozing in my recliner after getting it in that magical position where my back doesn't hurt. And then there's this dazing light and then splat! I'm on the floor. Pain. I'm way too old to flop onto stone floors. I don't bounce like I used to. I blink my eyes and I rub, trying to recover from the spotlight being shoved into them. As they recover, I see that only can be described as some trippy crap. I'm in the middle of a freaking glowing circle and a geometric shapes glowing and swirling around me. I'm also surrounded by midgets in purple robes. To say that I have absolutely no freaking idea what is going on is an understatement of the century. I continue to rub my eyes. Things still don't look right. The light is, um, different. The colors are different. I cough. The air is different. Is it possible that the air is too clean? For colors to be too bright? I do not like it here, and I do not like it at all. The midgets make terrifying squeaks and sounds. This is one old fracker holding up a book and raises his hand. Hell, creature! From the netherworld, we summon you! Say what now? I struggle to my feet. Ow! I really should have been a more careful driver in my twenties. The midgets, all gripping black candles, sway in fear. The old fracker bellows, Hold your ground! It cannot harm us. I wouldn't normally, but it's getting tempting. What exactly the frying frick is going on here? There was a bunch of shocked gasps. He said a dirty word. The midgets, the biggest maybe, three and a half feet tall, all recoiled in shock. Remember that your training, succumb not to the horror. The little old guy was really starting to piss me off. Listen here, you little crap. I stepped forward towards him. You have about ten seconds to... Bam! I walk into something hard. And rather painful. A cylinder glows around me briefly. Frick! I yell, holding my nose. On the bright side, it isn't broken. Again. I reach out with my hand and I receive a mild shock as a previously invisible barrier glows, stopping in my progress. It feels sort of, um, flimsy, so I poke it again. Oh, loathsome denizen of the bis, I bind you. Okay, now he's gone and given me a headache. I haul off and give the barrier a good kick. The sort of kick I used to unlock doors, or used to anyway. The barriers shatter and the circle goes poof in an annoyingly vivid happy rainbow of colors. Ah! The Oompa Loompa Pandemonium. Those little freckers are bouncing off of each other, throwing candles left and right. I think a couple of them even peed themselves. The old fricker is holding the book in front of himself like a shield as he marches towards me. Flee, young ones! He then draws himself up, squaring his shoulders, and raises his right hand which starts to swirl with glowing colors. I grab him by the collar of his robe. Don't think about it. I gave him a stare that I once used to settle down unruly drunks. It still works. The hand drops. I lean in and hiss. You have exactly ten seconds to tell me what the flying frick is going on before I find out exactly how far I can throw your wrinkly rear. So, uh, my realm is hell, I nod thoughtfully. It does explain a lot, actually. You didn't know, Glasson, the old frank asked. Nope, 
We just assume that it's normal. The place is a bit fricked. Sorry, messed up. But it's normal for us, I cough again. I guess I need some brimstone. Glasson notices my discomfort. I apologize for summoning you in such a dank and musty place. Oh, frick me. This is dank. Nah, it's cool. Most of the other midgets had long since fled. Some brave souls had huddled by the exit peering at us from the shadows. Too bad their shadows aren't particularly shadowy, and they are particularly bright, so I can see them as plain as... Uh, well, that's right. I'm a demon! I can do crap like that. So why do you want to summon a giant demon from hell? No offense, but it seems that you aren't really good at this. Glasson hangs his head and sighs. Well, you see... He is cut short by a blast of annoyingly perfect trumpet blasts. In charge, a couple dozen little guys clutching what looked like wooden lances, Glasson gasps. I have this under control. You didn't have to bring the pointy sticks. I heave a sigh. This is going to be a long day. I was rather tight squeeze, but I managed to crawl out of the cabin in which I was summoned, and into the hellishly colorful landscape that looked like a children's cartoon. Giant flowers, impossibly colored butterflies, and big eyes and smiles, singing birds, happy squirrels, the whole thing. Awaiting outside were another couple dozen of these, uh, warriors, and dressed in silken gown was the most beautiful woman that I haven't seen. She's under three feet tall, but three feet is perfect. Everyone except her backs away in fear. She holds the ground, looking up at me with a regal manner. She turns to Glasson. You have done well, wizard, to have summoned and bound such a beast. Glasson shifts uncomfortably. I feel bad for the little guy. Yep, he got me. I'm bound and all of that, I say, without giving Glasson a just-go-with-a-look. Glasson just sighs and steps forward, with his head hanging low. I cannot deceive you, your highness. The demon was too strong, and I couldn't bind him. His eyes with a defeated tone in his voice. The queen's eyes widens in shock, but their credit, she still holds her ground. Her warriors throw themselves in front of her, pointing sticks rised. I step, raising my hands in what I hope is a reassuring manner. Relax, it's all cool. I'm not angry, just really confused. I'm not going to go on a rampage or anything. I sneezed. Christ, this air can't be good for my lungs. I reach into my pocket and pull out a pack of smokes. I stop. If I let one, I could very well kill them. I reluctantly put them back. It has not been bound, but it has agreed to listen to our request, Glasson said. Yeah, but he said, What the? I stopped myself. What do you guys want? Glasson hasn't had a chance to tell me. Ignoring the protest, the queen steps out in front of her men. We are locked in a desperate conflict. Our foes seek to conquer us and force me into marriage with their prince. The queen sighs. I went on a date with him once. He's a very nice person, but I don't like him that way. Yeah, some guys just can't handle rejection. So the incel decided to declare war. Incel? I do not know this word. The queen looked up at me with an impossibly beautiful green eyes. It is not the prince, but his father, the king, who seeks a conquest. I think Prince Sullivan would be the happiest just living in a palace dungeon playing games. It's all he talked about during our date. I'm certain that being the highest-ranked player of, uh, I don't think it's some sort of trading card game, is praiseworthy, but it just couldn't hold my interest. I nod. My buddy had a kid like that. He would do anything to get his little cur- that little guy out of the house. Declaring war is a bit much, though. 
Please, Sir Demon, I ask for your aid. The war has become more and more dangerous, and they are driving us back. We were successful until they summoned a demon, and now the tides have turned. I fear that someone could get hurt really badly, or maybe even killed. Say what now? Nobody has been killed yet. The queen looked at me with horror in her eyes. You would expect such a terrible thing. Well, yeah. We have walls in hell all the time, and that's how it usually goes. But that's hell for you. I shrug. I was even in one once. I trailed off. They don't need to know the details, and I don't want to remember any more than I already do. So we have an invading army with a demon backing it up. You want my help dealing with the situation? I close my eyes. My poor brain can hardly handle the colors, and her beauty is making it hard to think. Will you please help us, Sir Demon? The queen asks with a touch of desperation in her voice. The name's Robert, and yeah, I'll help. I used to break up fights all the time. We head to the army's encampment, where there are a couple dozen of their warriors that have pitched tents at a large bonfire burning in the center. I rush over to the fire and breathe in some of the smoke, and immediately disappointed. It smells like what aromatherapy is trying to be, and fading miserably. It does seem to help a little, though. The little soldiers all run up and bow upon the queen's approach. She compliments them on their appearance and the bravery, and bids them to relax and resume their activities. A throne is brought out, and she sits down next to me at the fire. So, demon, Robert, I understand that your kind dines on the flesh of the living. I do not like where this is heading. Yeah, but, uh, something looks like it's straight out of a pony cartoon that my buddy's kid is so fond of has let out. We couldn't bring ourselves to kill it, but perhaps you could. I don't really. The pony looks up at me with big eyes. It's okay. I've lived a full life and... Oh, Jesus, it talks. No, that won't be necessary. In fact, I think I just became a vegetarian. I'm not really hungry anyway. I'm also a bit worried. If the air is so wreaking havoc with my lungs, I can only imagine what the food would do to my guts. I may eat a little something later. Vegetables, not meat. Eat, the queen asks. What is that? Oh, the flesh of the living. We call it meat. No meat. Just what you guys eat is okay if I get peckish. Everyone looks relieved. I say, Sir de, uh, Sir Robert, you aren't what we expected of a demon. The ancient texts speak of something else entirely. You got lucky. We have plenty of real monsters, demons very wildly. Most of the decent enough, though. I changed the subject. So exactly what are we up against? Do we have any other intelligence? The queen looks offended. Do we appear stupid to you? I shake my head. Not that kind of intelligence. Do we have any information on our foe? We call that intelligence when we're doing our war thing. Our spy shall be here shortly. The figure in the forest screen suddenly appears as if summoned. I'm here already, your highness. The queen jumps a little in a chair. Halanda told you not to do that. Halanda grins. I just can't help it. The queen sighs in a vexed manner. So tell us what you have found. Their forces number 48 warriors plus the king's personal guard numbering another six. The king's guard are wearing those metal coats. Their demon is the same kind as yours, but is also wearing a giant metal coat that carries a massive wooden club. The queen nods thoughtfully. So nothing has changed. A great army, almost as numerous as our own, with a giant demon leading their forces. The queen says thoughtfully.
What do you think, Sir Robert? Definitely a pickle. I can probably take on the demon, but 48 of you guys with sticks could be a challenge. That is a lot of sticks, especially when I'm trying not to hurt them too bad. We don't want to be on the side that starts that. The queen nods in agreement. I turn to the spy. How far is this, um, this army at the moment? Just over the hills, over to the west. All right, we attack at dawn. I hate to impose upon my soldiers. Why so early? asks the queen. I look at her with a rather confused expression on my face. So we have the sun at our backs? Everyone looks impressed. And if you guys think it's too early, then odds are that they will too, and we might be able to catch them with their pants down. Would catching them naked provide an advantage? I'm prepared. That's a figure of speech. You do have Finnish knowledge in the art of war. I sigh heavily. I guess in comparison I do. Hours pass without incident until a couple of warriors enter the camp with another little guy tied up with rope. Your Highness, he caught the spy lurking in the forest. The queen looks upon the spy with a haughty disdain. Show him how we treat spies in our kingdom. The men grin in an evil manner and they bring him to the front and the queen and they place him on all fours. I look on with amusement. This should be good. My battle, the queen shouts. An ornately carved and gilded light wooden board is presented to her. No, shouts the spy. I'll be good, I promise. The queen looks down upon him grimly. It is far too late for that. She raises the paddle. I nod approvingly. It was a pretty decent spanking, even if I do say so myself. The queen looks down at the new crying spy. I do apologize, but we can't let you go. You will have to be placed in a timeout until the unpleasantness is over. The spy is led away. The queen turns to her soldiers and shouts, Men and women, prepare yourselves. We attack at dawn. It takes a few more hours for the army to fully assemble. Once they do, I decide to give them a few pointers. I am torn. I want to give them an edge, but how much of an edge? How much contamination should I leave behind? After a few hours, my concerns turned out to be unfounded. They are really bad at this. No, 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 no. Keep your eyes open. Don't swing. Thrust. I say for the hundredth time. Keep in ranks. Don't just scurry about ranks. This goes on for the rest of the afternoon. Very long, very frustrating afternoon. As the sun is setting, I decide that it's about as good as it's going to get. I turn to the queen. They are as ready as they're going to be. You seem displeased, Sir Robert. I shake my head, and I force a smile that I hope is reassuring. No, no, they'll be fine. Really, great. The Queen sees through my facade and raises her eyebrow. They are much better than when we started. If the opposition is like these guys were earlier, we have a real edge. She seems a little more pleased. It's a good thing that this world isn't as familiar with war as I am. A really good thing. The queen shrugs and sighs. Well, at least it'll be over one way or the other tomorrow, she says with a steel in her voice. I nod. Well, you got a big hairy demon and some barely trained soldiers. You'll be fine. She looks both ways, and once she's sure nobody's looking, she flips me off. We laugh. Quite the feast is laid out before us that night, and I stupidly colored fruit and possibly green vegetables, giant ears of corn, a whole bunch of stuff. I know I probably shouldn't, but I cannot resist the aroma. 
I eat heedless of what will most certainly happen later on. It is amazing. I will remember this meal for the rest of my life. They don't have any bedding large enough, so I just have to lay in the grass. Even the grass is dirt or soft. I sleep like a baby. I wake up to angelic birdsong and I don't hurt. I lie there amazed, relishing the feeling of not hurting in the morning. This hasn't happened since, uh, how? I don't know when. I stretch out lazily and get to my feet without a single oof. It's early in the morning, but I'm sure as hell isn't dawn. I feel too good to be annoyed. About the time my enjoyment is perfect morning is cut short by the aftermath of eating food that was too good for my guts. This isn't good, but I regret nothing. I warn everyone to not approach and excuse myself. It is bad. It is really bad. I still don't regret the meal, though. I look over some bushes nearby. I'm so very sorry about this. I reach over and I grab a fistful of them. Upon my return, there's a large, for them, cart in the middle of the camp, and a couple of people are standing proudly beside it. One of them steps forward. Sir Demon, we worked through the night, but we finished the metal coat for you, he says proudly. I reach into the cart and pull out an impossibly beautiful coat of scale mail. Unfortunately, it looks like they stopped at the kid section. Um, the armorist looked at Crestfallen. Do you not like it? No, it's wonderful, it's just that, um... I hold it up against my chest, and the queen looks alarmed. It won't fit. Should we retreat? Ah, we are ready to go. Armor, I mean metal coats, would just slow me down anyway. You're so brave, Sir Robert. We form ranks at the crest of the hill and look down upon the enemy camp. They have no sentries and are lazing around eating breakfast. Their demon, still clad in armor, is lying down. This is perfect. They won't even know what hit them. Wait, what is the queen doing? Before I can stop her, glass and cast some sort of spell on the queen, and her voice is now amplified a hundredfold, announces, We're about to attack you. Let us know when you're ready. No rush. If I face-palmed any harder, I would knock myself out. Ah, oh, damn it. I step out from front of the forces and wait for the foe to finish breakfast. The king gets in his throne, brought out, and the demon, with some difficulty, struggles to its feet. We're ready, the king shouts. Their forces come together in a mob behind the club-wielding demon. Form ranks, I shout to our army. They do a pretty decent job, and I stride out into the battlefield. I look back. They are following me. Stay on the f- Don Hill, you nice people. Keep a high ground for now. They stop. I continue my advance. As I approach, the demon looks smaller and smaller. I am soon looking at the scale male-clad slender young woman, twenty at most, wielding a baseball bat like a club. She looks up at me in terror in her eyes. Oh, crap, she says in a tiny, frightened voice. Hey. Hey. I'm Rob. What's your name? Becca. Hell of a mess we're in. Yeah. Behind her comes an unpleasant screech. What are you waiting for? That wizard screeches. Becca turns to the wizard. Because I don't want to die. I said attack. The screams in anger. He waves a hand. Damn it. Becca cries as she clutches her head. She looks at me with fear in her eyes. Please don't hurt me. I smile, trying to reassure her. You aren't the first person to come at me with a baseball bat. Let's get this over with. 
Becca screams as she charges and swings. Moments later, the bat goes flying and Becca is plopped as gently as I could on the ground. The wizard screams at her, demanding that she get up and fight. He waves both hands in fury. Becca screams and crutches her head. The last of my patience is finally evaporates. That's it. That's fricking it. I charge through the few soldiers in the way and we're running start kick that wizard right in the balls. The force of the blow is enough to lift him up off his feet and throw him back into the yard or so. Everyone on both sides gasps, frozen in horror. I then grab the wizard and lift him up, his legs still curled up and next to his body, and shake him a little to get his attention. Hey, craphead, I got a magic question for you. How many times does someone have to kick a wizard in the nuts before they release a demon? The answer seems to be once. Becca wastes no time going on a rampage. You get to kick him in the nads, and you kicked him in the nads, and you get to kick him in the nads. You, you, you're cool, but you, where do you think you're going? Becca yells as she goes on a ball-kicking spree. Ah! Screams the enemy as they flee, desperately clutching their crutches in all directions. The king jumps off the throne and tries to run. I chase him down, bowling him over with a guard in the process. I then scoop him up with his little crap tucked under my arm. I calmly walk over to the queen, who is sitting regally on her throne, paddle in hand. I drop the fricker at her feet. Okay, jerk, you have three options. One, I kick you in the nads. Hard. Two, the queen gives you a paddling and we'll go down in history. Three, you listen to reason. Which one do you prefer? Three, the king says in a quiet voice. Smart. This is how it's going to do. You're going to gather your men and leave. Within a few days, you'll personally go and visit the queen and discuss reparations. Reparations? Yeah. That's where the queen will tell you how much you owe her due to all the trouble that you've caused. You will then pay it. Don't care if it's money or land or whatever. You will pay it. If you don't, she will summon me again, and I will not be happy. Got it? The king pouts and nods. The queen nods regally. I will be expecting you soon, she says haughtily, and then she looks at the field of battle and winces. Sir Robert, um, could you keep that demon from torturing the wizard? I'll try, but she's angry. Hey, Becca, quit hitting yourself, quit hitting yourself, quit hitting yourself. <laughs> could you stop it? You're upsetting the natives, she sighs. Can I at least give him a wedgie? Sure. What's a w- Oh, oh dear. The queen says in horror, I look over at the terrified king. One last thing, if you ever, ever pull a stunt like this again, they will summon me, and me, Becca says, and her, and my dad, and her dad, and my brothers, and her brothers, and my boyfriend, and her boyfriend, and my girlfriend. What? I shrug. You go, girl. And by, I cut off with the wave. You get the idea. They will summon a whole lot of us, and there will be a nut-cracking castle-wrecking festival. Understand? The king nods solemnly. Now carry your rear out of here. The king then slinks away. Once everything settles down, and everyone plus Becca is back in the camp where there's another feast, neither Becca nor I can resist. I regret it later, but I don't care. You have done us a great service, and we can never repay. The queen says after the feast, Meh, don't worry about it. It's the least I could do for someone who snatched me out of my home with no warning and then tried to bind me into slavery. I grin. 
The queen winces. I'm truly sorry. I'm so very, very, I laugh. Just messing with you. I was happy to help. I would be so very pleased if you remained with us, Sir Robert. I shake my head. This place is wonderful, but I just don't fit. I need to go back to Wehal, where I belong. Don't hesitate to summon me again if you need my help, though. The queen nods. I understand. Fare thee well, Sir Robert. Vassin steps forward and opens up his spell tomb and starts an incantation. Becker and I exchange email addresses as we fade away. The queen looks towards the space where we were standing a moment ago and sighs. If only they were smaller, she says quietly to herself. Your Majesty, nothing. Let's go home. End of chapter.